0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. This podcast is designed to focus the spotlight on leading voices throughout the world of business. From marketing and technology to energy and finance, this podcast will feature brilliant minds that are shaping the future of every industry. There has never been a better time to make more business friends forever. So let's get started.
1: It's always been a dream of mine to start something from scratch. My dad had his own business, and, and I've always wanted to to see if, uh, if it was possible to start something that, um, that nobody knew about and uh, tried to be successful at it. And it's, a, it's sometimes a unique atmosphere where you can sit down and talk to all sorts of different people, people that are blue collar, white collar, business owners, whatever, and just have a great conversation with them. And that's really our mantra is, you know, building relationships through our spirit.
0: On this episode of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast, we are joined by one of the founding fathers of MLH Distillery and Forefather Spirits, Brian Myers. Brian fits the definition of an entrepreneur to a T and has always dreamt of starting his own business from scratch. Fast forward to today, and he has not just established a successful brand, but him and his team are on their way to building one of the fastest growing spirit companies in Pennsylvania. In this discussion, Brian provides a behind-the-scenes look at what it takes to rise from a startup to a major player in this space and how his mantra and goal to build relationships through spirits has always been the forefathers' focus. Let's jump right into my conversation with business leader, Brian Myers.
1: My name is uh, Brian Myers. Uh, I live in western Pennsylvania, uh, right now in Grove City, Pennsylvania. The majority of my life... um, I've been uh, working in the franchise business for 20 years and sort of how we got to where we're at today. I'll explain that a little bit later. But uh, I got two boys. Um, Unique thing about my boys, they're both born on Christmas Day. So both their birthdays are December 25th, 1996
0: and 1999. Awesome. Awesome. And so as we kind of now jump right into the thick of things um, with your distillery, how did the concept of establishing a distillery in Grove City, Pennsylvania, officially develop for you?
1: We have a close-knit friends up here, just like you all do, you know, depending on what sports your kids are in or what friends your kids have, you sort of get a close four to six, you know, parent group. And that's sort of what we have here in Grove City. And I'll explain that later a little bit about the forefathers. Uh, but we always sort of wanted to, uh, do something, you know, something, some type of business. And we never really could come up with an idea. And with my, my day job that pays the bills, <laughs> I do a bit very fortunate. I travel all over the world and I was in, um, England and actually in Dorchester, England to be exact. And, um, I visited this little craft distillery called, uh, Portington Gin and it was really cool the the lady that owned it at the time she had been a professional chiropractor for her entire career you know 25 plus years and she decided she was going to make some good gin and she did anyway she had a really cool story i'm like that's kind of fun so you know long trip back from england it's about a seven hour flight if anybody's taking that trip it's always longer coming back because the headwinds (laughs) and i'm thinking delusions of grandeur. Like, man, I could be the only independent distributor in the United States and I'm gonna distribute it, you know, throughout the entire United States, I'm gonna make a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So I, I I share that with my friends and, you know, quite frankly, thank God the state of Pennsylvania, you can't get any liquor delivered to. <laughs> like it's it's nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. So my one my one friend uh Jack, you know, we're sitting around the campfire like we all have in the past and we're having a beer, and he said, "You know what? I can make I can make just as good a gin, or not. It's not better." And you know, joking me, I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." And so we did some research, and um, over the past probably eight years, from 2012, 16, and 17, there was um, different changes that happened to limit the distillery license in the state of Pennsylvania, and made it more inviting for entrepreneurs to think about getting into that business. Now, getting into the business and opening it up was one thing, but to to really figure out what we were going to do, we thought we were going to make gin. Um, But obviously, we had to pay the bills. Not a lot of people like gin. (laughs) So uh, that's when we decided to do some vodka, and obviously, we're in some other things now. But yeah, so we, over a period of about a year and a half, we visited little craft distilleries in the state of Pennsylvania, learned from them. And, And the guys that we have in the group, the four guys, which we'll talk about, we'll call them the Four Fathers right now. I'm being one of them. We all have our own unique skill sets. Um, I couldn't do it without the three of them, and and I'm hoping they couldn't do it without me. But, anyways, the uh, the idea is Jack, our uh, chief distiller, is brilliant when he comes up with recipes for vodka, gin, whiskey, bourbon, whatever it is, it's irrelevant. Coffee liqueur, cranberry liqueur, it's, it's absolutely off the charts good. So that's one thing you have to have is, you know, just, and when you visit these little craft distilleries, there's some really good ones and there's some really bad ones, just like there is isn't any business. And, um, but there's always a market. That's one thing we learned. There's always a market, no matter if we thought the spirits were good or bad, there was always a market for that. And the local distilleries in the state of Pennsylvania are fortright right and telling them what's going on. How did they do it? You know, they they're not like, hoarding all their information saying you know we don't want to help anybody get into the business they're more apt to help you than they are not to help you which was kind of fun anyway so we did our due diligence we went through the process and um tell you a funny story because i hopefully one of the questions will be about the forefathers uh, the, the first name we had was it was called Forsome spirits and obviously that doesn't have a really good uh, charm when you get on the internet and start to search foursome <laughs> so one of our one of our um, one of our forefathers, his daughter and uh, her uh, husband said, "You know, why don't you call it the forefathers? You know, because the forefathers in the business. Mm-hmm. And so we did a little spin on that and called it, uh, you know, F O R E Fathers, and um, that's how that started. And MLH is basically just a combination of our last names: Myers, Livingston, Hefner, and Hogue.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a fascinating story and uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time to share that with us. I mean, you're kind of living out the dream of of creating a business, creating a very successful business as it is with four of your best buddies. So, uh, that's a uh, a business model that I think a lot of people would love to pursue if if given the opportunity.
1: And, and it's, it's something it's always been a dream of mine to start something from scratch. My dad had his own business and and I've always wanted to see if uh, if it was possible to start something that um That nobody knew about and I tried to be successful at it, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people kind of mirror your mindset with that, too, and want to pursue their own dreams. So it's really cool to see it from a firsthand experience that you had success with it and rapidly expanding, which we'll get into later in the conversation as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's kind of circle back here, too. I I, I like the point that you touched on that all four of you have really different kind of unique specialties. Could you talk a little bit more about how all four of you kind of work uh, as one in a unified effort and what those specialties actually are?
1: Yeah, that's actually um, a great question. And I think the reason why this works so well for right now, you know, who knows what happens tomorrow, but um, with the four fathers, we have, uh, we have uh, Dave Hefner, which takes care of all of our attorneys and, and LCB uh, stuff. What I mean by that is making sure that we're compliant and make sure we get into the uh, liquor, the liquor stores, the fine wine and spirit stores. If we have any special needs, uh, special projects, um dave takes care of those um brian hoag he takes care of making sure that we're compliant with the federal government and the ttb to make sure that uh, everything is dialed in make sure all of our inventories are correct and and he he also does distillation as well and comes up with his own recipes Um, but that's jack's forte jack kind of puts things together kind of give you the analogy i always tell everybody is when throughout the 20 years we've known i've known these guys we would do dinner parties together. We'll go out to dinner or what have you. But whenever you went to the Livingston's house, it was like a five-course meal, and like the 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 everything sort of complemented each other. You know, from the from the from the snacks to the first course to the main course to dessert to the wine, everything just sort of fit and it was always off the charts good. <laughs> you come to my house, and you'd be lucky to get little weenies wrapped in um, croissants and a, and a cold beer. <laughs> But so that that's how Jack thinks that's how that's his artist mind think he's like i want I want to create something and uh, he's really good at understanding all that stuff and and my only the only way I can um that I put myself into those just my personality is um I like to uh, just meet people, I've, I've been in sales my entire career almost and uh, so I'm I just basically... They do all the hard work and I just share their story and share our story Mm -hmm. and smile and shake hands. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it seems like you guys are do a great job of covering all grounds. I mean, yeah, you have the the art side of things with crafting the recipes to you being kind of the social and and really engaged one. Um, and then, yeah, your friends kind of helping out with like the office aspects and, and the logistics of it all. So it's really cool to see how this is a, a friend or family run business, so to speak. And, and to tie that back, has the local community in Grove City or where you guys are from uh, played a major role in your success thus far?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, we couldn't do it without our local followers and uh, the local business guys that, you know, s- sort of stuck with us in the beginning from, you know, helping us out, you know, finding a place from you know, my landlord, which is a dear personal friend of mine, and uh, making sure that we were successful there make sure we found the right place and other business leaders from around the area. Um, sort of just giving us, you know, hey, you can do it. Keep going. You know, don't worry about it. You know, have ups and downs, whatever. Uh, it's a great community. Um and it's it's fun because you come to our place that in our tasting room at MLH, and it's a it's sometimes a unique atmosphere where you can sit down and talk to all sorts of different people, people that are blue collar, white collar, business owners, whatever, and just have a great conversation with them. And that's really our mantra is you know building relationships through our spirits. So.
0: That's a great mantra, yeah, and I, I like that a whole lot. And, and could you dialing it back just a second? Could you shed some more light for our listeners on what the difference is between MLH Distillery and Forefathers?
1: Yeah, MLH Distillery is the physical location uh, where our tasting room is at 107 Breckenridge in Grove City, and also where our production area is. Okay. So our thought or our our, our big dream. Is down the road is to be able to have other distilleries even reach out to us to have private label stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so we have our own brand. So MLH is a physical location, our tasting room where we, we do cocktails that, you know, highlight obviously our our spirits. Um, and then we also have a production room there in our retail area. And then Forefathers is the is the brand. So Forefathers spirits, Forefathers vodkas, gins, whiskeys, bourbons, rums, liqueurs, whatever we have going that week. Um, is the forefathers
0: brand and what are some of the spirits that you guys currently have in your inventory
1: yeah we have uh, vodka we have three gins we have a regular American dry gin a Peruvian style gin uh, which is pink in color and then we have what they call a Tomcat gin which is a barrel aged gin uh, that's spent uh, a few months in a a bourbon barrel Um, we have three liqueurs we have a coffee cranberry and chocolate which are basically cocktails in a bottle so the coffee is actually you know to do things locally you question before was you know how does the local people you know support you and it's been fantastic so we teamed up with um house coffee beans in uh, Grove city it's 101 year old coffee company and we created a coffee liqueur that quite frankly is sort of our flagship you know and to everybody when they taste if you like coffee you're going to love our coffee liqueur and then cranberries basically just cranberry and vodka in a bottle just put it over ice uh, we have a single malt, American single malt, a uh, bourbon. Uh, we have three rums. Uh, we just came out with a
0: coconut rum
1: uh, last weekend that almost completely sold out the first run.
0: Wow! Wow, that, that's awesome! And yeah, to kind of go back, like you were speaking very highly of the coffee liqueur. Is there other like fan favorites that really kind of resonate well with the the regulars that you have on a week to week or day to day basis?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, vodka. And our and our bourbons and our single malt, um, probably the vodka, the bourbon be second, and the vodka be number three. Um, people tend to gravitate towards, and we come up with new products so if they like the bourbon, they like the vodka, they like you know the, the coffee or cranberry or whatever. Um, the coconut was a was a chance, but you know we actually have a, a relationship with a place which I'd like to talk about a little bit down in Pittsburgh, twenty one 210- 2103 Penn Avenue, which is Pennsylvania Libations. And they had mentioned to us that there's a coconut rum niche that uh, we we should expose. And I'm like, all right, I'm not really a big coconut fan, but let's, of course, Jack put his mind out there, him and his son, actually should put together a great recipe and it actually tastes really good. And, and it was a great niche because on Facebook, coconut rum blew up for us, at least in a small amount of way but uh, almost sold completely out of it the very first week and we had it.
0: That's awesome. And and you've touched on this several times. So I want to jump right into it is it when obviously when you're building a business like this from the ground up and, and there's so much sweat equity involved. How did you guys go about establishing these relationships that you seem to be very, very strong with as of now at this point, still in the early stages? So what types of things do you guys do to help build those relationships with the distributors, bar owners, the consumers uh, and, and all those other people you're interacting and engaging with?
1: Well, locally, we give back a lot to a lot of the local, you know, sports, uh, whether it's, you know, football, baseball, uh, wrestling. Uh, We give back a lot throughout the year to them uh, for their different fundraisers. And we actually have our own fundraiser for uh, grocery Wrestling. We give back quite a bit to them. So that obviously helps build those relationships. And we believe strongly in that. Um, Bars and restaurants. You know, when you live in western Pennsylvania, like I don't know if you all have. For your entire life you just know people right this person knows that person and uh we i've lived in western pennsylvania between City and franklin pa for the majority of my life and you just know people so i would call them up hey do you like that they own this bar they on that bar and uh, we sort of started with the relationships we already knew and then there was a couple of things we wanted to get into Uh, One was uh, a place, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It's the only independently owned liquor store in the state of Pennsylvania. It's called Pennsylvania Libations. And it's a very unique liquor store. So it's about 15 other Pennsylvania limited distilleries. I think we're the 16th one. And uh, really to be able to get into this location, the Strip District, in our first year, it's pretty much a coup. Not a lot of people do because they don't take everybody. And what this place is, is basically imagine walking into a liquor store, being able to try or sample the liquor before you purchase it. Mm-hmm. They have a small little tasting where you can have a nice little sample of whatever bourbon, whiskey, rum, vodka from any Pennsylvania craft distillery that they have in their in their lineup. And then you can turn around, it's all over their shelves, and you can actually go right there and purchase those bottles. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time sort of, he, the, the owner, Christian, Christian uh, Simmons, a lot of time trying to get to him to hey, look at our stuff and he finally looked at our stuff and then you know we went back and forth and then um in january december of this past year we actually got in there which was a uh, which is really good for us and then so it came up to the pandemic and you know, everything got locked out liquor stores got locked down in april and then to develop that relationship we just started making a whole bunch of vodka for them and um just try to spend a lot of time with them because when you're trying to sell your product at another location that you don't have the people that report to you like in this case so we had to spend a lot of time training them and 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 understanding them and and building that relationship so that uh when they when somebody would come in and say hey what about a vodka what about a gin what about a what about a bourbon Or, or whatever we have down there they understood what was in ours and they're very well versed of not just our distillery but all the other 15 distillers that Kristen has in his um, lineup and it allows them to talk very passionately about each of the brands. We're just lucky enough that we, uh, we got a great relationship with them. That's why we got into the coconut rum. That's why we got into the bourbon. They kept on saying, we need something, we need something, we need something. And um, they've been in the business a lot longer than we have. So we're just trying to learn from them and, you know, obviously try to foster that relationship.
0: And if you don't mind me asking, how has how has the sales success been out of their location? And how is it kind of I can imagine it's a very competitive space, obviously, with all the different offerings in that uh, location itself. So how are you guys faring against those other 15 distilleries?
1: Uh, we're we're doing uh, we're, I would say we're doing better than better than average. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would hope that uh, obviously when somebody goes in there, that's. Um, there's so much to choose from that, you know, at least we're getting a look at and Mm -hmm. I can tell you by the numbers every month that we are because they're selling a bunch of our product. and it's not just going into the location, but they also, I mean, to your point earlier, how do you foster those relationships? How do you build it in the bars and restaurants? You know, we don't have enough staff to get everywhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they actually have a staff of salespeople that will go out in like the bars and restaurants, even though they're closed down right now. But there are still some that have outdoor seating that are doing well, and they will push all their products, um, and ours being one of those. Okay. So we not only are selling up here, but they're selling down there. So to be able to, last year at this time, all we had was you know a little tasting at 107 Breckenridge, and we we're just starting to get into doing some events and some wine tastings and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Now we have our place. And we've got the place down in Pittsburgh and we're in a couple um wine and spirits stores too.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. You guys are expanding rapidly. Um And to kind of circle back now with like you were describing just the, the team itself. um, Do you guys go anywhere outside of the forefathers? Ha- who else is kind of on your team or helping you guys, whether that be in the tasting room or uh elsewhere with distribute with distribution?
1: So we have, um, Actually, he, the, one of our um, employees, uh, Tyler, he's actually a, uh, a son-in-law to one of the forefathers, David Hefner. And uh, he takes care of sort of the bar, and he also does all of our deliveries and some sales for us up north here. And sort of him and his wife take care of our events, making sure that we have somebody staffed for the events, making sure that um, we have um, events coming up, that we have, we have music coming up, we have, we have outdoor concerts at our place now. So they sort of take care of that. Uh, my son, uh, I know he's one of the forefathers, but part of the forefathers, but he takes care of all our distillation. Uh, Jack's son takes care of putting together some recipes for us and does a great job with branding. If you saw the coconut rum label, that was all him. He did a fantastic job with that. And then there's one person probably that's not in the in the family, but uh, we consider her family. She does a lot of our events, like our off-site events. Uh, her name's Denise. She's a not only a bartender for us, um, does events for us, but she also does events. Uh, she, she's a bartender at Bravo and Cranberry.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think I know I would, and I know, I bet our listeners would too love to hear more about kind of the events that you guys have hosted elsewhere or hosting at the tasting room itself. And could you dive a little bit deeper there?
1: And so some of the events, uh, well, this year has been unique, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but Every, it seems like every week we're trying to reinvent our company and I was telling somebody the other day, it's like we've been in business for 10 years and it's only, you know, over these past five months, it's just been so much, you know, strange, right? You know, everything's locked down, nothing's locked down, everything's locked down, 25% capacity, all these new things we had to try to find a way to make, make a living. So last year, if you would have asked me, events are easy. You know, we did, uh, night markets down in Pittsburgh. We did a lot of wine spirits or wine, you know, wine tastings and that sort of thing. And those, you just go and you do a tasting and they're, they were all over this year, all those canceled. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously part of our financial plan going coming into this year to sort of expose all those and, you know, try to, you know, maximize our revenue from those. And, um, that wasn't going to happen this year. And the one thing that I've learned and, um, I think I've always known it, but I just it became more relevant recently, I guess. You just gotta kind of have to say yes. So somebody would call up and say, Hey, we need we need booze at uh the River Nymph Landing in Kennerdale. We're having two bands. And I would just say, Okay, we're gonna do it. Or uh the drive in theater because they're not having you know, there's no movies coming out. They're starting to hold outdoor concerts there. So mm-hmm. you guys wouldn't be the alcohol there. Last weekend we did a rodeo.
0: Wow. So,
1: and and we're also learning more about what we can and can't do with our license. Mm-hmm. So, when we we have these what they call expo permits, and uh, mm-hmm. we can now we know as long as we are distilling it, we're making it. We can we can make cocktails almost anywhere in, in Pennsylvania, at mm-hmm. any event. Um, like this weekend, we're at uh, Poker Run and uh, Cork and Fork in uh, Brookville, and uh, we have it's amazing that things have changed so much but things are starting we see it starting to open up a little bit or people are just you know probably thinking like the guys out in Sturgis Sturgis you know you know there for the bike the bike rally but maybe not to that that degree yet but there's uh, there's a lot of people wanting to get out and do something mm-hmm
0: Yeah, and I I know it's so difficult to obviously project the future, especially when it comes to being in your space with all that's changing in terms of the restaurant and and alcohol industry as a whole. But do you guys have any sort of kind of plans or developments down the road that you see imminent, whether that be kind of new products or spirits that you guys are rolling out or new events you'll be hosting? Anything along those lines that we should keep an eye out for?
1: Well, we will. uh, We have a – we teamed up with a local barbecue guy, Ray Atkins, so we're going to have barbecue at our place every Friday and Saturday night. Big Daddy's Rolling Smoke Barbecue. You can check them out on Facebook and online. Uh, you know, When we talked about building relationships through spirits, this is a relationship that's uh, been festering probably for 40 years. Ray actually uh, used to go to the same church, my wife, and uh, her husband, my wife's dad actually uh, helped him get uh, adopted back in the day. Oh, wow. Fast forward 40 years, he's looking for a place. That kind of hang his shingle. Um, and uh, we had a nice place for him to do, and we had a starting a great partnership.
0: Great. Well, I know I'm a huge barbecue fan myself, so I'm sure pe- people like myself will be jumping all over that opportunity and be seeing you guys real soon. Absolutely. Thanks. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> so that helps. You know, it's just not cocktails. It's all outside right now until we get to probably 50% capacity. Um, and being outside allows us to, you know, sort of preach that practice social distancing and everything like that because you're outside, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about all the rules and regulations when you come uh, when you come inside the building. So,
0: Great, great. And to kind of go back to your products and spirits themselves, is there a specific place where our listeners can go uh, to find your products for sale?
1: Yes. Well, obviously, you can buy them at Libations in the Strip District. At uh, Pennsylvania Libations, I believe that's 2103 Penn Avenue. You can buy it at our place at 107 Breckenridge, Unit 2 in Grove City, PA. There's nine liquor stores, uh, Pennsylvania, wine spirit stores throughout western Pennsylvania. And then the best place to get it is just to go on our website, mlhdistillery.com forward slash shop. And uh, you have access to all of, our, uh, all of our products. And we can deliver anywhere in the state of Pennsylvania.
0: Awesome, and, and yeah, any kind of more developments that you expect to kind of be made with the shop or the offerings there online that can kind of help the consumer experience and find you guys easier.
1: We are gonna we are gonna go through a little bit of a web design to um, tie in building relationships through spirits, more to the design of the website and more the look and the feel of the website, and uh, just make it easier for everybody to access and make it uh, make it easy for. Uh, for everybody to receive our our spirits,
0: fantastic! Yeah, I think that's that's something major that, especially at these times, with everybody kind of at home and and some people really being tentative to kind of go outside and and be active there with everything that's going on. Being able to ship right to the door and get any spirit of their choosing uh, will, will definitely right. be helpful. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, now kind of we end the same or all of our episodes the same way with firing off some questions um, just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit more better and a little bit about your personality. Um, So you ready for this kind of lightning round?
1: I'll try my best.
0: (laughs) All right, let's do it. So the first question we always start with is what was your first car you ever owned?
1: Uh, It was a Ford Ranger. Okay, that's right.
0: Have you upgraded since then? Is it safe to say? Are you still in the truck area?
1: <laughs> I still have a truck. Yep. I still have a truck. I stole Ford.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And what is your favorite, personally, forefather spirit?
1: Uh, my favorite would be uh, our bourbon.
0: Okay. And who is your favorite sports team to root for? The uh, Steelers. All right. Good Pittsburgh fan right there. And then, if money weren't an object, and, and obviously COVID wasn't a risk it's like this time period, what vacation destination would you go to right now, and what would you do there?
1: That's a great question, and you're going to laugh at my answer because uh, I've actually been all over the world, all through. I've gone to Australia probably seventeen, eighteen times uh, through my other job, and I've been all over Europe, the UK, all over the United States, and the only place that I would go back and that I would consider a very unique place would be, um, would be the the Colorado Springs, Denver, Colorado area.
0: Okay, cool. Are you a big skier?
1: No, I like to hunt and fish. And um, it's uh, just a beautiful setting driving from Colorado Springs
0: to Denver or back. Hey, I, I can imagine. I've never been out there myself, but definitely have heard only positive things about it. Well, that will wrap us up today, Brian. Really appreciate uh, you taking the time again. Any kind of closing remarks you'd like to make?
1: Now be it, I really appreciate you guys, and uh, thanks for this opportunity. feel kind of humbled because we've only been doing this for about 18 months, and to be able to be asked on this podcast, um, I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you again, Brian, for taking the time to join us today, and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to visit the MLH distillery online at mlhdistillery dot com slash shop. That is mlhdistillery dot com slash shop. And we'll see you all soon on our next episode of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Colton Hower, the host of the My BFF Business Leaders Podcast. I just wanted to take some time here to let you know that if you're thinking of starting up your own podcast, there's a way for you to do a show without having to become an audio editing or production wizard. Pretty Easy Podcasts help podcasters get their show recorded and posted with a complete studio at their disposal. You can record from home, your office, at the park, wherever you desire, and the Pretty Easy Podcast team will cater to that schedule and give you a producer for your show at your beck and call. If you have an idea for a show, if you have an idea for some great episodes that you want to string together and just don't want to really get into the the weeds of editing and production, contact Pretty Easy Podcast today. Visit them online at prettyeasypodcast.com or visit them on Instagram and Facebook and sign up.